You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome back to your favorite instructional video of how to mark ground control points. I will be your monotone trainer. No, for no, no, today. no. No monotone allowed. No monotone mm-hmm. allowed. And we are not going to burden you with marking GCPs today. Don't worry. Oh. My name's Paul. And my name is Rob. Ask droneu.com for your questions. And I don't know why I'm talking like that. I think stop, stop, stop trying to be like Bob. <laughs> Sometimes I just can't help it. You guys will fully understand <laughs> who Bob is uh, either in a few weeks or a month. I'm not really sure. Hopefully but sooner rather than later, for a, sure. A new show that we've been working on and uh, starring Bob. <laughs> you guys are well, I'm just going to say, I think Bob needs a friend. <laughs> Bob does. You don't do redneck things alone. No, you do not. No, you do not. <laughs> Okay, before we have way too much fun that no one understands, let's get into today's show. And we know how people want us to get to the point. Yes, they do. And those people want nothing but the point. And I think that if we give everything other than the point, maybe there'll be some lessons in why having just the point in the formula isn't a setup for success over the long term. But I am not going to go down that (laughs) that rabbit hole. Um, Rather, Mm -hmm. I would just like to say that today's show is brought to you by our brand new course that you should be checking out, which is, are you ready for the technical title that we didn't use? Okay, good. It is, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Radiometric Thermographic Photogrammetry. Hmm. Radiometric Thermographic Photogrammetry. You didn't think drone you really meant drone university, did it? Because it should have said drone graduate school. Uh, (laughs) What are we talking about? We are talking about thermal drone mapping, combining EO and thermal information to provide the industry's most seamless, efficient, and productive drone workflow I have yet to see across the industry. And thanks to our good friend, Nikhil, who honestly, my friend, you were on so many platitudes before the pandemic hit. If people would have listened to the behind the scenes with Nikhil shooting this class when we were in Arizona, everyone would be like, dude, this guy predicted the pandemic like eight months before it happened. Really? (laughs) I mean, so a lot of things that he was saying, like I stay away from people, corporate travel I keep as cheap as possible because X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Like there's just so many like, entrepreneurial things that he was doing to like focus the core of his business and set it up for the long term. Everything that he was talking about, if you would have done those things would be very powerful. Good for him. But Nikhil with Raptor Maps, haven't checked it out. I got to have him on the show soon. We're also going to have Free Fly on the show soon. We're going to have Drone Deploy on the show soon and a couple of others. And actually people have been asking me why I haven't had some certain people on the show. And let me just tell you, there's always a reason. That being said, let's get into today's question, which is brought to you by that solar inspection class. We call it solar inspections with drones. Catchy name, right? (laughs) Hey, Paul and Rob, Uh, this is Roy. First time uh, question asker here. Uh, So my question has to do with uh, mapping. I am uh, planning on coming down to your course and, uh, 
Albuquerque next month. So I'm looking forward to that. And I've been doing as much research as I can to prepare and, and uh, watching some of your videos, which have been helpful. I am a 360 photographer. I have a business up here in Salt Lake, virtual tours. I've recently added mapping to my services. And I've been hired to map 69 acres for a real estate development company as part of a virtual tour package. And um, that's going to be here in a couple of weeks in Colorado. So I can't seem to find the information that I need to uh, make this successful. My question is concerning the Trimble GX. I have five of your droning landing pads. And uh, based on my calculations, and I could be wrong on this, uh, I, uh, I need at least seven for 69 acres for the 500-foot spacing. I'm going to rent a, a Trimble. My question is, do you put it on a tripod and just take the measurements there directly over the pads, or do you just put the handheld unit on top of the pad right in the center and take its measurements? I can't seem to find any information on how to, uh, to georectify uh, those uh, ground control points, I guess, is the, if I'm using that, that word correctly. I don't know. But anyways, if you could give me some guidance on that or at least point me in the right direction, I'd really appreciate that. See you guys next month. Mm, look forward to seeing you, Roy. So have you worked with this? Yes. Um, I think that this is a great opportunity to say thank you, Roy, for your questions. Mm -hmm. I think it's also a great opportunity, though, um, to say he may be getting ahead of himself. Um, and I think that this is a very, 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 very common error with drone pilots getting into mapping, especially taking on jobs before they know mapping. When it comes to creative stuff, you can fake it till you make it all day long, but not in mapping. Um, first of all, I would want to know, I, by the way, Ray, Roy, great job. Great job asking the question. Everyone, we should be focusing on the fact that he asked the question, not that he went ahead and just tried to do it, right? Which a lot of people do. And I think it's important to give this guy some grace. Uh, Roy, you did a great job by asking the question uh, firsthand. A uh, couple of quick, very quick uh, technical specifications. Number one, with a property that size, yes, you would need more than five GCPs. And yes, according to ASPRS standards, in order to be technically accurate, you would need at least two checkpoints. Uh, not They are technically ground control points, but the information is not used to georeference the data. Rather, it is used as a control to control for how you shot your GCP points. I also would say that uh, I'm very happy that Bill English is not here right now. Um, because uh, he and I got into a little accuracy uh, debate uh, once because <laughs> Bill uses the G7X and, you know, holds it at chest level and he goes, he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do my Bob voice for Bill, even though Bill is not from the South and is extremely intelligent. But uh, I'm just, this is my Bob moment for Bill. Everyone has a Bob moment, okay? You just have to understand that. But um, he holds it right at his chest. I know about what four feet is. So I'm going to hold it right here, four feet and shoot my point. Minus four feet. Bingo! I got my point. <laughs> it's a little exaggerated. Love you, Bill. Uh, but he and I had an argument about the ability to shoot points, um, shoot points from the hip, literally, uh, or shoot them uh, very, very, very strategically. And I don't think I did a very good job of explaining the accuracy, even though 
considering the the equipment and Bill, correct me if I'm wrong. I even you can call in the show. We'll do it live. I don't care. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Technically speaking, that the hardware utilized in the G7X is actually different from the hardware utilized in something like the G10, uh, which would be the equivalent to the Leica GS18, okay? Super high-end PPK, RTK, and PPS uh, grade equipment, right? We're, we're talking centimeter grade equipment, right? Hmm. Now, the reason that, or the argument that I should have made in front of Bill while we were in front of the whole class is, as drone pilots doing drone mapping, we can actually showcase the overall inaccuracy in the surveying industry based off of the standardized protocols for workflow. Meaning, as drone pilots, if we're always shooting the point right over the GCP target, and we are always using the exact level of um, where, essentially, how do I say this? The exact point where uh, the survey pole hits the GCP landing pad, and there's no indentation or captation, as we call it, that would be truly, truly, truly accurate. But because we're shooting typically 20 megapixel photos, right? What do a lot of people in the drone industry, especially in geospatial intelligence, oftentimes forget which showcases their utter lack of understanding of drone mapping? I can get millimeter grade accuracy right? I can get half a centimeter grade accuracy, right? No, you can't. You know why? Effing science, mofo. This is my PG, PG-13 version. Um, it, it's, it's very simple, actually, if you think about it, because your accuracy, whether it's absolute or relative, is typically a factor or a multiple of the ground sampling distance, right? And the ground sampling distance is typically three variables combined to acquire the GSD. We just went four hours deep into the mapping class, mm -hmm. right? This is why I say we have to be careful. I really appreciate that he asked this question. I really appreciate that he went out and he's trying to get drone jobs. But when it comes to drone mapping, especially when people are asking for this level of accuracy, you can really, really get into trouble fast. And by going through the comprehensive mapping course, it's in there what GCPs are. There are two parts, part target, part GPS. Uh, we talk about, you know, RTK, PPK. And then in the advanced mapping resources later on, we actually go in, how do you set up the receiver? How do you set up the antenna? What is the right protocol of getting the two things to communicate to the local tower? And then we talk about, uh, you know, how you actually like shoot the point, et cetera. So uh, the fact that he hasn't found that yet, that's fine. Not surprising. It's, you know, towards the end of the material because it's very advanced material. And accuracy is one of those things that can really get a drone pilot in trouble, even though it shouldn't when you look at who's actually doing the surveying in the survey industry. And you look at the standard workflow and someone shoots a point and then they drive a wooden stake into that point that captates at least an inch or two. <laughs> and, and you're like, oh, guys. Um, I literally, I, I would love to have like an honest, objective leader of a surveying department who's like fairly open-minded 
because I think we could easily showcase in one simple analogy why drone mapping is fundamentally more accurate than traditional means of accuracy. Huh. And it only comes down to the laws of human nature. Seriously. And you're saying that because the old ways, so to speak, of surveying that you kind of get lazy and super lazy, not as meticulous with your points, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I mean, you're also talking about a systemic problem because in the surveying industry, you have one guy at the top who has a surveying license and then 40 people below him who are out there doing the surveys. And I mean, we already know from working with that surveying company in Florida that approximately from our sample data set, I think it was like one in five surveys is actually incorrect. Hmm. Um, and that's because of human error, inability to find pins, creating pins, not walking to the corner because you're just too lazy and there's some bushes over there and you're not feeling it today. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, dude. Like, uh, I mean, these are very real things. You know, if a drone mapper is following the system, their propensity for human errors is significantly lower. But even within the drone mapping system comparative to that system, I would say it's fundamentally more accurate just as a workflow. Hmm. That said, remember, we can't be more accurate than our ground sampling distance, okay? So first things first, this gentleman, greatly appreciate the opportunity to train you. Thank you, number one. Number two, thank you for asking the question. Number three, my next question would be, what is your client asking for? Because if they're asking for a survey to be done and you're not a surveyor, that's going to be a problem, right? But to create an accurate map that showcases a visual representation, quote unquote, of uh, what the ground may or may not look like, right? That's no different than a satellite photo, literally. That being said, the ground sampling distance now may be a little bit more accurate, but analogously speaking, <laughs> it's still right. Yeah, I don't get the sense they were asking for anything too, I mean, this is a guess based on what he said, but it, that it was anything too... Uh, that needed much accuracy as I, part of the, the necessity of the job. I would agree with that perception greatly, but I just want to think it's important to state that like, if you're getting into drone mapping, it's really important that you understand the expectations of the client. Um, yep. You know what I mean? That's, that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying, be careful because I care, sure. I care about you. Like I care that you do the right thing. Um, so let's just recap this answer. Um, he doesn't know how to map 69 acres. That is definitely in the class. No questions about it. You talked about though, a virtual, um, tour. That was something that I don't think I understand what you're asking. Are you asking to create an exterior model and have it navigable like Matterport? Because the navigation is slightly different and there are ways around that through the video animation tool or by putting the map up on Sketchfab and just educating your clients on how to do that. But um, it's funny because the way that he asked the question that he's used to doing virtual tours, he added mapping and this real estate developer wants this map of this rather large area, but it seemed like he was saying it was for a tour. That's kind of like the premise that I got. Yeah. Yeah, because it was for a developer. And so I don't know, but it could be, it could be a lot of things. I'm not going to go down the it could be trail. Exactly. I don't know. Maybe, well, he's going to be here. Hopefully we can yeah. get more information from him. But he did say that it was going to be in a couple of weeks that he was going to be doing that gig. So uh, hopefully it went well if he's already done it. Um, my hunch again is that it didn't have much to do with a lot of accuracy, 
but it'll it'll be real and we'll be very interested to hear Roy and if that is the case that it's really not about accuracy then I would kind of walk back a lot of the statements regarding you know working drone jobs before you know it which is still true of course it's just that like if you're doing a modeling but then why would you need the GPS system well that's a very good question yeah, I don't know. Yeah. See, and by the way, I just quickly want to touch on this uh, for any uh, property developers who are potentially listening to this. Do you realize the value of that map for the property developer? Let me actually, you know what? Rob is a property developer. So I, as an <laughs> ignorant, non-property developer who would like to learn about mm. investing in property. So let me gr put my glasses on here and I'm going to interview you, Rob. All right. Here the question we go. is, and I am, I, yeah, I think calling me a property developer okay, is a stretch. Okay. But <laughs> okay. Come on. Let me have some fun here. All right. Rob. Let's do it. Okay. Play the humble card for me. You're smart. All right. I make a map. Mm -hmm. I also make a DSM, digital surface model. I can now see essentially where the water is running. I can get a sense for how water is going to delineate on my property. I have an understanding and the ability to measure volumetrically how much material that I need to remove from a particular area to build there. And I can measure that quantitatively. And then once I remove that area, I could actually look at the surface and, you know, showcase the deviation between the area that's being leveled out and all of the other areas of the property that delineate water. So we can essentially say, okay, we just cut out right here. What does water delineation look like now? Mm -hmm. Right? We can do that. We're using models, using modeling, mm -hmm. you're saying. Yep, mm -hmm. the DSM and the service tool, but yes. Yeah. And let's see, we can also do an ortho to understand uh, distances to our neighbors. We can also understand distances to hiking trails. Maybe we can create a map of the hiking trails that are on our property for mm -hmm. our family. But let me ask you this, Rob. Let me get in my late night DJ voice. All right, Rob. <laughs> it's getting serious, Rob. All right, Rob. We're serious now. You hear? We are seriously learning about property development. So, Rob, where do you see the value from this one drone map? Wow. There. I mean, there's a lot of value in that. All right, Rob. Well, help us understand what this help value us understand. looks like. <laughs> well, I mean, I, presumably, and I think this is a pretty certain presumption, but the things that you're talking about, they could be done currently with traditional surveying and so forth, right? Yes. It's just gonna, but it would take a really long time, and he can do it. He yeah. can do it in like uh, one twentieth the time. Exactly. And so, right off the top, your cost of the project is a lot lower, right? That's just one, one dollarized less. value point. Number one, cheaper to get the map. Yeah. Cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Less people out on the property that could potentially get hurt. I mean, I don't know. There's all kinds of things that you could talk about there. Point number two, limited liability. Lim Ooh, limited liability. We like that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The attorney attorneys don't like that one, but we like that one. Mm -mm. Sorry, dad. <laughs> Ah, he's retired. Yeah, he's done. <laughs> he's retired. He's still on the website, though. Did you notice that? Uh, as a partner? Like, they still have um, him on the website as a partner. Ron Bell still does commercials in Albuquerque, so. 
Oh, uh, gosh. Um, well, let's see. We could, I mean, like you said, planning. We could plan using computer-based models and, and kind of move things around with all of this data. That could be a very efficient way of planning out the whole site. That, that would actually be fun. Do you remember Maggie? She was from the 2019 Dallas class. I think so. Maggie now creates her models and then puts them in Revit so mm. that she can take the real life environment and add the architectural model of what they plan on building into the model and putting those together to understand what potential obstacles may occur, what potential advanced things need to be purchased in order to get the foundation to work right. In addition, she just gets a visualization, which honestly- and this is three-dimensional. Yes. And she's like, it just makes me sell projects easier. It's just, it's just a no-brainer. Because they can visualize it. I think, I believe that probably the more people than not cannot visualize well. Like, I, there are people Agreed. that can. I think you can. I think my wife can. I'm not great at it in terms of, say, moving, looking, going into a house or going to a piece of property and visualizing it in your head in sort of a three-dimensional way as to what it's going to look like. So, yes, being able to do that is has got to be phenomenally success or help her success phenomenally because it's helping people visualize something they never would have visualized before. And I think aside from the amazing personalities that Chip and Joanna Gaines have, I think their ability to visualize Joanna's vision when they walk through the house, but they're showing it in those Revit models. And I just learned Joanna Gaines uses Revit. So, I mean, like literally that point alone, it's just, it makes it easier to sell, right? It's why we try to sell people on the aerial photography class, even though we should never have to sell people. Because when you have a client that looks at your your photo or your 3D model and compares it to the competition and they just have that wow factor, right? And they there's no explanation to it, right? They don't even know why they're saying wow. They cannot explain to you, oh, look, it's the composition. It's a 9 out of 10. The depth, 4 <laughs> out of 10. Color, well, not my true gamut, but I'll go with it. You know, <laughs> like it, they don't say any of those things because they don't know what they're talking about. All they do is, wow, I'm choosing you. I like your stuff. It's that simple, right? And so Maggie is like, hey, I have hit this on the head. I map it with my drone. I throw the model into Revit. I throw my uh, 3D model of the project onto the existing environment so people can see it, so we can plan better, so the city can look at it and go, huh, yeah, that looks good. I mean, like, literally, I, 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 mean, I literally, I was on a webinar, or not even a webinar, just like a, I'm doing this new thing for members where every Wednesday I go in the group for like an hour. And uh, long story short is she was chiming in. She's like, I'm using Revit for everything. It's just like the best sales tool ever. It's a visualization tool. And this takes it to a whole new level. And I guess that as long as your map is georeferenced, there's a whole lot more calculations that mm. you can do as far as, and I forget that this is the word I've been hung up on. I'm trying to remember this whole time as I've been repeating myself, but there's some sort of word that characterizes the calculations that can be done with a georeference environment and putting the model into the environment and calculate. Uh, she can calculate if there's going to be any time delays which sounds very simplistic, but when you take the average cost of any construction project and then divide it down to per day, and the average project typically has a 15 to 20% margin of going over, 
if she can plan and accurately forecast potential problems that happen ahead of time, they can more accurately budget the process, plan the process. And I was told from hmm. a very experienced project manager, you know who you are. Your name starts with a J. You're awesome. That last project was epic. Um, there is so much value nowadays in being able to showcase as a contractor that your projections are more accurate. Mm. Your timing is more accurate. Your materials budgeting is more accurate. You're talking about when you're competing for a job. Correct. Yeah. And with 3D modeling, you can make these projections a hundred times more accurate. Mm. So when you say you put the 3D model into the environment, mm -hmm. what, do, what do you mean by the environment? What are you putting it into? The drone map is the our environment, right? You map the, the road where your okay. house is being built. Maybe there's a mountain there. I don't know. There's a lake, blah, blah, okay. blah, blah. So right. that's what you've mapped yeah. to create the environment. Okay. Yeah. So think about the question and where they are in the property development process, right? Right. That I'm sure the developer is looking to literally do the exact same thing where they take the drone model, they put it in their VDC, Virtual Design and Construction Program, and then they take the, the architectural 3D model, throw it on top of there yeah. and say, what problems are we going to have? Will this delay the timeline? If it delays the timeline, what is that going to cost us? If there's a penalty from, let's say we're working for the state, what does that cost us per day? Right? I mean, like you can really do much more accurate projections when you have the right data. True. And that is why, Rob, in 2019, my annual motto was data-based decisions. And on that bombshell, I probably ranted way more than Rob, and I'm sorry. No, we're good. <laughs> as long as you're good, I'm uh, good. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening, everyone. We do appreciate it. And we will see you in the next show. If you did find the show useful right now, if you just hit the subscribe button on YouTube or Spotify or iTunes, or maybe you're feeling kind of crazy and you want to share the show on Facebook, maybe LinkedIn, maybe on Reddit, maybe on Discord, maybe on any place that puts our link in another physical location. Mm, thank you. That helps us a lot. So it may sound like trivial to you, but seriously, that is the smallest gift that could really help us. So um, please let us know. Also, if you're ready to go from top gear to top gun, it's time to take Flight Mastery. It's time to become a member. But also, it's not just about becoming a member. It's about actually going through the content, which is why I would remind all of you to not forget the drills and exercise course. Here, here. Thanks for watching. We believe that videos, images, words, and sound have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.